Well, it was a valiant effort by the bench in this Warriors game that ended up the same way six of the last seven have ended up. Or is it seven of the last eight? I believe it's seven of the last eight. I apologize. My numbers are wrong there. Jesus, and I should have done something with my hair today. Oh, well, the Warriors have lost seven of eight. They have got some issues. Clearly, the absence of Draymond Green and Gary Payne II had an impact in this game tonight. But there are bigger issues at play. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Clay Thompson actually remembering how to score the basketball again. There were some positives, but most were negative. And again, the Warriors are now, if the season ended today, would be out of the play-in. They've lost seven of eight. They've got issues defensively. We're going to break down what went wrong and a few things that went right. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on threads at Dog Wild. The platform's blowing up. Get to see NBA threads become a thing. But this game tonight, folks, nationally televised, and uh, for the seventh time in eight games, the Golden State Warriors have lost. Um, and this is not a, a trend that anybody who considers themselves a member of Dub Nation is happy about. Um, you know, Stephen Curry came out two games ago when the losing streak was at six, talking about how you can't let... Uh, the, the stench of losing permeate in a locker room. And, and they did win uh, the last game against the Rockets, but the Suns team, now look, they played them twice. They played them in the season opener, and then they played them again tonight. Uh, both games, they did not have Draymond Green, who was sorely missing. But bigger picture, the, the Warriors bench nearly saved the day in this game. I mean, we, we'll talk about the Scott Foster thing. We'll talk about the, the egregious officiating. But first things first here, the Warriors bench almost came in here and won this game for the Golden State Warriors. This game was as good as dead. And then late third quarter, uh, Steve Kerr decides to pull all the starters out. We even saw Guy Santos in there. Um, and they rallied. Now, what happened after that rally could be up for debate because, um, and, and I want to give credit to someone on threads, his handle is Dave. Kong 35, who wrote, even if they get it down to say eight, Kerr is going to put the same group that got them down by 20 in the first place back in the game. So what does Kerr do? The, the bench brings, brings the Warriors back to within 12. This was at approximately the 9-15 mark of the fourth quarter. And then Steve Kerr brought his veterans back in. The Suns push it back out again. The lead grows to, what, 17, 19. I don't have the exact figure in front of me. Bench comes back again. And they almost almost won the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing. They almost won this game tonight, though, with the bench. Now, who in the bench played exceptionally well? And who can we give credit for for that late-game rally? Well, in terms of plus-minus, Dario Saric was a plus-12 in this game tonight. 
Sharge had 17 points. He had six rebounds. He was six for nine from the field. He was two for three from beyond the arc. Played 22 minutes. Sharge is a gamer, by the way. Uh, I want to give props to Connell Orterno of the San Francisco Chronicle for writing a terrific profile piece on Dario Sharich uh, just the other day. This was like a day or two ago. And, and the part of the, the interview that I particularly loved was revealing what went into the Warriors signing Dario Sharich. Steve Kerr made a direct call to him, uh, recruiting him. So did Mike, uh, so did uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Chris Paul reached out to him. Dario Sharich revealed in that interview that he did get offers from other teams for slightly more money than the veteran minimum. We saw this tactic uh, employed by other teams in the NBA to whether it was just to, to secure the player or to screw a team like the Warriors over who couldn't offer anything except the veteran minimum under the new CBA. Uh, the mid-level exception is gone for teams in the luxury tax like the Golden State Warriors. So all they could use was the veteran minimum. And you saw bigs left and right getting signed for deals that were like a million above the bed minimum contracts that, the Warriors simply could not match. And according to this interview, Dario Saric experienced the same thing. But as Saric revealed in an interview he did earlier this year, he took time, he studied Warriors film, and he thought to himself, this would be a great team for him. And maybe the time is now for a player like Saric to get more minutes. He had a fantastic game tonight. Again, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, was a plus 12 in the plus minus. Um, it was weird seeing Corey Joseph out there. It's uh, I, I don't know what the, the folks in the chat are feeling about Corey Joseph basically staying out there uh, in those in those clutch minutes instead of maybe Stephen Curry coming back in. But look, Stephen Curry had one of his worst shooting nights um, of the season for him. His streak of uh, of consecutive games with four plus three pointers made is over. Um, and I'll read his his box uh, his box score tonight real fast. Uh, he finished the game just one of eight from beyond the arc. Steph looked tired out there, uh, finished with 16 points, which I'm imagining is a season low for him, um, was six for 15 from the field total. So if you take uh, the three-point shots out of it from the field when he was inside uh, the, the three-point line, he actually shot uh, five of seven. So he actually had a terrific shooting night outside of three-point shots, was also three for three from the free-throw line, but was a minus 17 finished the game with 16 points. So I, I, I don't know what the right decision was there, but Corey Joseph um, saw a decent amount of minutes tonight and he was leading that, that bench unit that, that, you know, uh, was spearheading this rally that brought the Warriors back again. They, they brought it back to within 12 uh, late in the fourth, early in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, before Kerr decided to try his veterans out one more time, that experiment might've cost the Warriors in the big picture. Uh, so Kerr goes back to his bench a second time, and Corey Joseph was out there. He finished as a plus 12 tonight. Um, the stats don't really back him up besides a plus minus, though. Just had three points, uh, did have four assists, was also called for three fouls. And those fouls are really important because the, the Phoenix Suns, I believe, had a season high in this game in terms of free throw attempts, which is uh, indicative of a bigger problem we're going to get into in just a minute. But that bench tonight was solid. I mean, I mean, Corey Joseph statistically didn't do much, but he was part of that rally. Brandon Pajemski, who, by the way, and this was just indicative of how horrific the officiating was in this game tonight. Brandon Pajemski um, had a solid game. I mean, he finished with 10 points, uh, was four for nine from the field shooting, um, did have three steals in this game, had four rebounds in this game, but he was one of the constants out there in terms of who in the second half and that fourth quarter especially was successful, was consistent. He was one of them. He was tenacious he, at, at a minimum. 
Uh, you have to respect the energy he was bringing out for the Warriors tonight. He played great ball. Um, but the reason why I bring up the officiating is near the end of the game, uh, Kevin Durant, look, his arm extended. He pushes Brandon Pajemski. Brandon Pajemski falls down. And without any hesitation, that crooked NBA officiating staff tonight, I, I mean, Scott Foster should be ashamed of himself for, for his conduct. And I, I can't remember if he was directly involved in this particular call at the end, but they called Brandon Pajemski with a flopping call, which results in a, in a technical foul. And if they had called, if they had made the right call, it would have been a foul on Kevin Durant. The Warriors are still very much in this game, could have made it a one-possession game if if uh, Pajemski had gone to the line like he was supposed to. But instead, they call a flop on, on Brandon Pajemski. And again, I believe at that point, if, the, if I'm not mistaken, it was a five-point game. So it was a, it was a pivotal moment. They didn't even review it. That, that to me, was the most egregious part. Like, if you're going to call someone for a flop, at least take a look real fast and confirm that it was, in fact, a flop. Because Brandon Pajemski, I'm sorry, that was not a flop. You know, you could argue that Kevin Durant's shove wasn't that forceful, um, but he shoved him. He, I mean, he extended his arm out, out on Brandon Pajemski's upper torso. Pajemski fell. And you're going to call a, a flop? on Brandon Pajemski for that? I mean, that 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 is to me, is almost as egregious as ejecting Chris Paul just because he says a few things to you. I mean, the, the cameras caught Chris Paul, by the way, uh, calling Scott Foster the B-word repeatedly. I'm sure all of you folks saw that. Um, but that happened after he got ejected. So I, I know there's a history there between Scott Foster and Chris Paul, but to eject him from the game to just say outright you're out of here just because I don't like what you're telling me. That is outrageous. Scott Foster, dude, no one is watching NBA basketball for you. No one. Okay, like no one. Fans don't pay money. They don't waste their precious time to watch you. No one gives an S-bomb about you, ref. No one cares about you. So if you want to try to make yourself relevant by ejecting a, a, an important player a, a, in, the, in the second quarter of an important regular season game, a, a nationally televised game, when you're robbing the, the national audience of watching Chris Paul, you're putting your ego and your, 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 your insecurities ahead of what your damn job. It's ridiculous what was going on there tonight. So Chris Paul ejected simply for, for whatever was said. I don't care what was said. It was not worthy of an ejection. An ejection involves like a fist fight. An ejection involves assault. And it doesn't involve a player disagreeing with you. One tech, fine. Move on. Scott Foster, walk away. And then he did the same crap again at the end of the game with this, this call on Pajemski. The, the officiating was atrocious. And in just a moment, we got to talk about the free throw disparity because it represents a, a bigger problem for the rest of the year. And the free throw disparity is an example of where small ball will come and bite you in the ass. Okay. Like, like small ball has a lot of ne negative ramifications to it. One of the many is being forced into uncomfortable positions because you're defending much larger players. And that's where you get called for fouls more frequently than you should. And this is where small ball is biting the warriors in the ass. I'm going to explain to you what I, what I mean by that real fast, but just to finish up in terms of the bench, uh, Guy Santos, we saw him. Saw we saw an actual outing uh, from Guy uh, for the first time all season, and, and 
legitimate minutes and important minutes, not just garbage time. And Guy Santos played eight minutes down there. Look, I mean, he, he only had one, one uh, field goal attempt, made it, had one rebound, uh, had two turnovers. That's not good. But he still finished the plus three. I hope people saw with Guy Santos what I've been trying to say for a long time now. The dude is strong. The dude has a lot of, of muscle on that physique, and he's not someone you push around. Um, he needs experience clearly, but it, I it would I would it wouldn't kill me if we saw more of Guy Santos. It wouldn't kill me if we saw more open-mindedness, ingenuity with the minutes that we're seeing from these players, not just the same old, same old over and over that now has the Warriors with a seven and nine record. It's just unimaginative basketball. It's borderline boring basketball. And and I wouldn't mind Guy Santos and Trace Jackson Davis was another player that I thought had a solid game after a slow start. Moses Moody had a great game, finished with eight points, was four for eight from the field, uh, had nine rebounds in this game. So the bench was solid. The starters, not so much. Clay Thompson did have an, a, a good shooting night. Uh, he scored 11 of the team's first 13 points, finished the game with a team leading 23 points, was six for 10 from beyond the arc, uh, added three rebounds but he was a minus 24 in the plus minus. The starters just did not carry their weight tonight. Um, but we're going to talk about the free throw thing and the size thing, because there's a few stats uh, to, sh to, to read to you that reveal again, the, the downside to being small. Okay. It's going to, it's going to catch up with you unless you have the greatest shooters on the planet. And I say shooters, plural uh, small ball will not work for you. And it's, again, it's biting them in the ass now. This roster was constructed based on what Steve Kerr wanted. I know Mike Dunleavy Jr. is the GM. He is not making a single damn decision without checking with Steve Kerr. And, and look, this is what Kerr wanted. And this is what everyone else now gets. A, a team that is routinely uh, beat at the free throw line, who's routinely beat defensively. Again, we'll get into that in just a second. I got to give some love to a sponsor first. And that sponsor for this Thanksgiving Eve, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, by the way, is Game Time, a fantastic ticket broker. Uh, if you're looking for, for tickets for any event, whether it's a concert, uh, whether it's uh, a sporting event, um, you name it, Game Time's got it for you. And there's so many perks. I think, in my humble opinion, the best perk of Game Time is the low price guarantee. When I say low price guarantee, I, I literally mean it. Like, if you buy your tickets from Game Time and then you happen to see tickets in the same row and section from another dealer, you simply get a screen capture. You show it to the folks at game time. They will make up the difference. They'll give you a refund. That is literally a low price guarantee, folks. And it's not just that. If you need last minute tickets, game time is there for you. They got supply. And uh, so they got flash deals. They got zone deals. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you can also see views from your seat with the game time app. It's an awesome Way to purchase tickets, strongly recommended. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On NBA, L O C K E D O N NBA, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports 
stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's pretty cool, courtesy of Locked On. So the Warriors tonight got killed when it comes to free throws. Uh, the Warriors, for their part, had 29 free throw attempts in this game. Made 19 of them. That alone sucks. There were 19 of 29 from behind the charity stripe. That's good for just 65%. Who stunk it up at the free throw line? Well, Moses Moody only had one free throw attempt, and he missed that. Dario Saric was three for five from the free throw line. Kaminga and Pajemski were both one for two. Trace Jackson Davis, two for five. Corey Joseph, one for two. Chris Paul and Steph were a perfect uh, four of four and three of three from the line. Wiggins missed one free throw. There were, he was three of four, and Clay just had one trip to the line, uh, had one single free throw, and he made that. So total, 29 free throw attempts. The Suns had 52 free throw attempts. That's a season high, folks. No team in the NBA has had more free throw attempts in a game this season than the Phoenix Suns with that 52 free throw attempts. At least that's what I read. If, if someone wants to correct me, please do. But I hope my source was correct on that. And the Suns made 44 of those. Okay? So just from, from free throws made alone, the Suns made, had got 44 points from free throws out of 52 attempts. They made 84.6% of their free throws. The Golden State Warriors were 19 of 29. They got outscored in this game by 25 points just from free throw attempts. And the problem is, this is not just an anomaly. It's not like this is, uh, you know, something that doesn't usually happen for the Warriors. That, that, that overall, in the grand scheme of things, that they're getting trips on the line. No, no. They're struggling from this all season. Entering tonight's game... The Warriors were giving up 24.7 free throw attempts per game, and they were giving up 19.5 free throws made per game. Those 24.7 free throw attempts is 26th out of 30 NBA teams. The 19.5 free throws made per game that they're giving up is 28th out of 30 NBA teams. And that is where a lack of size and a lack of defensive discipline is biting them big time in the ass. One, one person that, who seems to just constantly skate under the radar, and there is zero accountability for his role, his leadership role with this Golden State Warriors team. And maybe we should start mentioning him a little more. His name is Kenny Atkinson. This is his third year now as an assistant. He, he came to the Warriors uh, two years ago, and he was the second assistant on the world championship team. Right, I still got my game time thing here. Damn it! Um, let me get that down. I'm sorry for the YouTube viewers. I apologize for that. So what happens when I'm solo and I'm riled up from yet another loss? So Kenny Atkinson took over for Mike Brown last year, and when he took over from Mike Brown, his role was primarily to be the defensive coordinator. I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. I'll say it over and over and over. Mike Brown, his loss had a massive impact on this Warriors team. Behind the scenes, he was one of the hardest working individuals, oftentimes would sleep in his office at Chase Center. He was a detail-oriented individual. The man obsessed with figuring out the best rotations and the best schemes, and defense was his game. That responsibility slid to Kenny Atkinson when Mike Brown left. And we saw what the defense was doing last year. 
They came into tonight's game, I believe, 16th out of 30 teams in terms of points per game that they're giving up. But And that is a huge problem. It's a huge problem for a lot of reasons. But the free throw numbers are right up there. You're not going to win games that often if the other team is outscoring you by 25 points from the free throw line. And this is where small ball will destroy you because the other the other team's bigger. They see the size advantage. So when they have the ball, they're going to attack the rim. And when players attack, that is when referees, even if they miss a lot of times in terms of their accuracy, they're blowing that whistle because they're seeing contact in the paint. They're seeing contact from players attacking. And now offensively, the Warriors are sorely lacking in that department. Stephen Curry is their leading uh, free throw shooter, both in terms of percentage, but also in terms of free throw attempts. Jonathan Kaminga is second in that category. And then Andrew Wiggins is third. And if you're watching these games like I do, you're not seeing Kaminga attack a lot. I mean, first of all, he's a bench player who's averaging 20 minutes a game. So it's not like, like we're seeing a constant dose of Kaminga attacking the paint, putting pressure on opposing defenses, right? Wiggins has been struggling all season. Wiggins, by the way, who we thought was turning things around, had another abysmal game offensively tonight. He was so, so defensively, but offensively, he scored just 11 points, was just 4 for 11 from the field, was just 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. So, so the point is that the Warriors in this category of free throws are getting slaughtered, and being small is a huge part of that. You're at a blatant disadvantage, and all it takes is the subjective eyes of a referee like Scott Foster to see a play in action, a bigger player attacking a smaller player in the paint, and more times than not, regardless of whether it's the right call, they'll blow that damn whistle. And the downside to this is other teams going to the line a lot. And this is where Kenny Atkinson, that's your responsibility. And he just keeps escaping accountability. Like, for some reason, no one ever talks about him. No one ever brings up with Steve Kerr. What is Kenny doing to improve this defense, right? I, I, you know, and, and Kenny Axon, by the way, is not readily available to the media. Uh, most teams have a, a – I, I don't know if you call it a code, but it's a, it's a, it's, I don't even know if it's like an unwritten rule, but it is a rule that assistant coaches cannot uh, speak to the media about – specific detail-oriented things with the team, whether it's plays, schematics, uh, minute distribution. Like, they can't get into the weeds of of the the details a lot of people want to hear from assistants, right? It's for good reason. The team wants to keep a competitive advantage over uh, other teams. They don't want their assistants to, you know, let all the information out of the bag. But Kenny rarely, if ever, does interviews to begin with. I'm sure you've all noticed that. He'll, he might do it every once in a while, but it's rare. But the Warriors not only, again, 26th in terms of free throw attempts, it gets worse 28th in terms of free throws made by other teams. Okay, other teams are getting nearly 20 points a game on the Warriors for free just because they attack the rim and it's done. The other part of the Warriors that is really lacking is their fast break points. And fast breaks, fast break points come from transition, right? Early in this game, the Suns started to pull away from the Warriors because they were getting stops and they were getting a lot of transition buckets. All right, there were two players on the Suns that particularly stick out to me that were just eating the Warriors up alive. Josh Okogie, for some reason, turns into an all-star when he plays the Warriors. But Nazar Little, there were two plays in a row where he went coast to coast, or at least one of them went coast to coast. The other one he mostly did. Borderline uh, uh, unimpeded. 
Like there's no one stopping him, no one even getting in front of him. And these transition points can kill you. And that is where defense can turn into offense. Now, the Warriors, unfortunately, you they used to be a terrific fast break team. All right. They used to be one of the best in the NBA. This year, they're dead last. The Warriors are dead last in fast break points. What that means is, is that their defense is not getting stops. Their defense is not forcing turnovers. because And they're oftentimes letting the other team get good shots up. Because what sets up a fast break is a piss poor shot that ricochets who knows where. And you start pushing the ball right away. A turnover immediately starts a, 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 a tr transition possession. Stops. You got defense leads to offense when it comes to transition points. The Warriors are dead last in this category. That is why I've said on the show repeatedly, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with folks who say Steph needs help. Steph needs a second score, but the Warriors' defense is good. It's not great right now. You might even say average, below average. I'd have a hard time arguing against you for that. And when you're last in fast break points. That is revealing. That reveals that your defense sucks. They got problems there. And Oaktown A, you're absolutely right. The, the Warriors' pace is not their strength. And so, so, so that's, you know, so, so we can talk about offense all we want and how Steph doesn't really have help in terms of scoring. I don't know if I agree with that wholeheartedly. Again, I, we, we've, We've covered this on the show. There, are, there have been a lot of teams that have won titles not having this dominant second score, not having an all-star level uh, uh, score. You can do it. You can even make the argument that the 2022 championship Warriors pulled that off. I know Clay was the second best scorer. I know he had Jordan Poole on there, but they weren't like lights out scores. Clay was averaging, what, 21 a game? Jordan Poole was at, what, like 19, 20? I can't remember what Jordan Poole was, was averaging that year, but... but Defense to me leads to offense, and the Warriors' defense right now is struggling. And a lot of that is small ball. It's just this is small ball doesn't work. It works if you have, again, the most lights out shooters on the planet. It doesn't work if your offense is above average. Okay. Now you need other advantages, and the Warriors are not utilizing that. I don't even know if they have it in all honesty with this roster, but uh, got to finish up the score, the, the show real fast. Thanksgiving Eve by giving some love to the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's FanDuel. Score early this NFL season. There's three NFL games tomorrow. Super pumped about that. I don't know if you, any of you folks out there are old enough to remember when there used to just be two, and it was always the Lions and the Cowboys, and now the Niners are back. I, I'm still thinking back to uh, was a Niners-Ravens on, on Thanksgiving game when the Harbaugh brothers were going at it. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. All you have to do is find a heavy favorite, bet the money line, place five bucks down, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets, which is as good as cash right into your account. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Again, you can follow me, Cyrus Sotzes, on threads at Dog Wild. Um, I want to play some sound right now, real fast. Here is we're going to listen to Steve Kerr talking about the Chris Paul ejection, um, which also, in case you forgot, included a technical foul called on Steve Kerr. Scott Foster was out of his damn mind. Anyways, here is what Steve Kerr had to say about the ejection and the tech on him. Chris said what Scott said. I mean, I know you also got a technical on that play. Yeah. What was the issue? What was going on there? Uh, I I think Scott just felt like um, Chris didn't stop and he kept going. And that's why he gave him the second one. So um, that was his explanation. What was your frustration when you were, you know, well, I didn't. I, I didn't think Chris deserved to be ejected. I mean, I, I don't. You know, the, the the first tech, absolutely. But I thought um, the second one was unnecessary. You know, I mean, everybody gets frustrated out there, and um, you know, but that's uh, that's up to the official. Whoops. Uh, so there he goes. That's Steve Kerr. Uh, not really revealing much there. It, again, just really unfortunate series of of officiating plays officiating calls i don't know what the hell you call it but it, it was just an absolute joke um here's chris paul Ooh, this sound just came down thank you very much to nbc sports bay area for dropping these um here is chris paul let's hear from him real fast uh talking about his ejection uh talking about scott foster here is chris yeah paul. It's, it's personal yeah we had a situation some years ago and it's personal you know what i mean like the league know everybody knows it's been a meeting and all that and it's just a situation with my son and so it's yeah we yeah so i'm i'm okay with a ref talking you know saying whatever saying just don't use a tech to get your point across you know what i mean so i gotta do a better job making sure i stay on the floor for my teammates but yeah that's that's that you said there's a situation with your son? Yeah, they know what it is. He know what it is, too. So We don't know what it is. Yeah. Someone in the chat real fast, sorry to interrupt that. If, if anyone knows what the hell he's talking about, uh, about Chris Paul's son and Scott Foster, is anyone familiar with what that means? Because I am in the dark in that regard, but... Uh, again, if anyone in the chat is, is familiar with what uh, Chris Paul's referring to, please mention it uh, while the show is on because I am beyond curious. Anyways, here's the rest of uh, Chris Paul. Just know I had a meeting with him, my dad, Doc Rivers, Bob Delaney, and all of us. So, yeah. Yeah, him too. With the Clippers. So. It was a whole thing, man, but it's it's still been a thing for a while. So I ain't saying nothing to get fined, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is what it is at this point. There you go. So uh that's Chris Paul saying that it's personal. Um regard I I don't know what the reference is with his son. I, I thought his children were young, so if if uh I, I'm very curious to know what he means. I hope there's some follow-up questions there. And if some sound comes in in the next couple of minutes, I'll play it on the show clearly. But, um, you know, there's some people in the chat saying that the team is washed. I'm not there yet. I'm I'm far from being at that point with this Warriors team. In my humble opinion, you 
again, maybe a move needs to be made. On on yesterday's show, I brought up the fact that um, for a very small price, we're talking Corey Joseph, maybe you convert one of the two-way deals like Usman Garuba, who we never see play anyways, convert that to a guaranteed deal and then trade those two and a couple second rounders uh, for Daniel Gallinari with the Washington Wizards. Do something like that. Uh, there, there still could be a move made to to bring some size into this team without giving up the spacing that Steve Kerr cherishes, without giving up the switch-heavy uh, defensive scheme that he cherishes. There are some players out there. Uh, I'm certainly not ready, but I'm also not opposed to discussions about maybe trading Chris Paul, um, even though he seems to be one of the few co- consistent players on this roster. But at the same time, this Warriors team is 7-9. It's not like they're winning. So uh, I'm not there yet in terms of calling this team washed. I think this team needs ingenuity in terms of who they play. I think when Draymond and Gary Payne II come back, there's going to be a lot of improvement defensively. Um, we haven't seen much consistency, consistency there yet. Um, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say that the Warriors are washed. But that was just a brutal game, a brutal loss. Warriors have now lost seven out of eight. That second quarter is really where it all collapsed. I mean, I mean the 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 Warriors. I mean the Suns outscored the the Warriors thirty seven sixteen in that second quarter. Okogie and Durant scored more points than the entire Warriors team in that second quarter. Uh, and then again, Steve Kerr brought his his bench in late third quarter. They start a rally. They come back. They make it what like an eight point game. 10 and then Steve Kerr brings the veterans back in and they lost. So I, I think a lot of this is going to come down to ingenuity from coaching. You do have talent on this roster. They like each other. Do, do not pretend that's not important. Um, I keep seeing Lori marketing like Ginji. I feel you, but it, not realistic. It, it's the price for him would be so big. And there, it, I, I don't think the Warriors could compete with anyone else. If he's on the market, we don't even know if he's on the market. It's all speculative. Um, but I'm not I'm not ready to say this this team's washed. I think there's still a lot of hope. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll be back at this Friday night in season tournament. The Warriors, incredibly, by the way, are still alive in the in in the in season tournament. They are one and one. If they beat the Spurs, they have a shot. Um, so don't rule them out for that either. And we'll be back at this Friday night. That was a bummer of a game. What are you going to do? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I, you know, like this, it's, you have no idea how grateful I am for all the support and the love. And, uh, we'll be back at this soon. Thank you everyone. Bye-bye.